You guys were awesome tonight. And fantastic. How is everyone doing tonight or this evening? You're feeling awesome? Can I hear an amen? <laughs> I'll sort myself out and we'll get started. Sweet. Have you ever noticed that being a Christian sometimes will feel like a fight? The punches, the jabs, and the hooks, they will come in the form of obstacles, challenges, and failures. Part of our life will be engaged in a defensive warfare. And yet, if we stay in the ring and stand firm in our faith, at the end of each round, when that bell goes, ding, 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 we will all still be standing. Are you a fighter in this place? When was the last time life tried to knock you down? Who was your toughest opponent? Because most often, our toughest opponent is the devil. And we have to know how to resist him. So the question I want to ask, how do you resist a supernatural roaring lion? Because evidently, that's the experience we all have to face in one way or another. And we have to know precisely how to, to fight and defeat him. And we have to know how to do that based on biblical principles. And so today, we'll be digging for the answer to that question from 1 Peter 5, verses 7, and we'll read up to verse 10. Let us pray. So Father, we know that our enemy is strong, supernatural, and much better than we are. And yet we know that you have called us to fight him, resist him, and to have victory over him. So I pray that you come and teach us how to do that. Give us the wisdom, energy, and the strength to stand firm in the faith. Amen. So we'll read from First Peter uh, 5. We'll start from verse 7. If you don't have your Bibles... The verse is also up on the screen, and we'll read from the NIV version uh, Bible. Uh, says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I want to use that verse to encourage someone here that maybe last year you got a knockout with death, you lost a loved one. And the devil has been lying to you that God has forgotten about you. That's not the truth. That verse reminds us that we can still trust God because he cares for us. So if that's you in this place, you can pick up on that verse and go home with that, believing that God still cares for you. Verse 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in, your, in the faith, 
because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Verse 10, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Clearly we note here that the writer of this book is warning us about our enemy, the devil, who is prowling around like a lion, seeking for someone to devour. See, he's not trying to sneak up on you. The devil is not trying to, to just scare you. He wants to terrify you and scare the faith out of you. It's your faith that the devil is trying to, to, to attack. And he tells us how to resist him. So we'll begin answering the question that I asked first by attending to the phrase, stand firm in the faith. That's the first way we can resist the supernatural roaring lion, by standing firm. Don't let your faith waver. It's your faith that is after. He wants to attack you and weaken you. And that does not mean that the devil is trying to kill you. He just wants to turn you into a group of unbelievers so we can join him in the destruction. And that faith, if we stand firm in faith, it's what is going to undo the plans of the devil. Faith that the writer is talking about does not mean or require any kind of special muscles or talent, or size, height, skin color. The faith the writer is talking about is a simple childlike confidence in the promise of God. What's the promise of God? The promise of God, part of it we've seen it in the, in the scripture, in the verse 10, when, it's, when it says that God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory, he will come himself and he's going to restore our strength. Those of us who have been weak, he's going to make us strong, firm, and steady fast again. That's the promise that we have to hold on to in terms of our trials. In other words, we have to choose to remain faithful even when there's no visible finish line or any sign of relief in our discomfort. We have to push through the discomfort of not knowing the outcome. We have to bear through. And if you, tr you struggle this tonight with trusting God, I want you to think of learning a new skill. To go to the next level, it will take you some kind of discomfort in your trainings. Yet if you persist in patience, endurance, you begin to start realizing the difference. Your skill will get better. So you need to, ex to, to stretch your faith. It doesn't mean that you're taking a risk. You're strengthening your faith by trusting God. Secondly, we can answer the question of how to resist a supernatural roaring lion by going back to verse 8. When it says, we have to know that the family of believers around the world are going through the same kind of sufferings. 
And I don't think the writer of this book is trying to gross over our pain. Our pain, or your pain, is legit. He's not trying to undermine what you're going through. He's simply reminding you that the same attack that is on your life is the same attack on the lives of other believers. So don't lose hope. We have to stand firm. Let me tell you a story in the Bible of three young men whose faith was stretched. The story is found in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Three young men standing, looking at the very site they were supposed to die. An order had gone out. The king had commanded his soldiers to tie them up, throw them in a fire, heated seven times more than how they usually did. The people standing by, everyone knew this was an execution. This is what happened when you disobeyed the king. These boys, or young men, had been given a chance earlier to change their mind, to change their values. And that could have saved their lives, yet they refused. Why? See, the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up a 90-foot high tower of a statue. And at various times during the day, he commanded them, the, his nation, prompted by music, to bow down to this idol. And out of that entire nation, we are given only three names of men who had the courage to disobey the king. And because of that, the king Nebuchadnezzar, head of their insubordination, called them and summoned them in his palace in a friendly talk, asking them, change your mind. The young men answered him, saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, our God whom we serve will deliver us from, your, from the burning fire. He will, we know that. But let it be known to you, if he doesn't, we will not bow down to defy him. We will stand by our choice. And we all know how the story ended. The three young men were finally thrown in the fire. But God delivered them. The Bible says they were unharmed. It also says that if you went, after they were pulled out of the fire, if you, smell, if you went and smelled their clothes, you wouldn't suspect, you wouldn't suspect that they've been in the fire. Even their hair wasn't touched by any fire. But perhaps the most amazing thing about this guy's story is their unwavering faith in God. Even when they, know, they knew, they, they didn't know the outcome of their fate. How do we get that faith? And what is that faith? The Bible defines faith as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Bible also tells us that faith is a gift of God. And we get faith by hearing and hearing the word of God. A.W. Toza, one of the best writers, in my opinion, in the spiritual world, 
also talks about faith. And he says, faith is the gaze of a soul upon a looking God. See, when we get, when we are in times of trials, what the devil is trying to stop us from seeing is God is looking down on us. The devil is trying to help us, rather to make us lose sight of who God is. Lose sight of the faith, of the faithfulness of God. Lose sight of what God has done before. And the devil, we, know, we all know that the devil is a liar. Paul also writes about faith, and Paul relates faith to a shield. In Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 17, after Paul summarized the Gospels and giving the Ephesians various instructions, Paul concludes his message to them saying, Finally, be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor. Put on the full armor of God so you can stand against the schemes of the evil one. About the shield, Paul writes, In addition, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. See, up until now, Paul's description of the armor of God was limited to things that we wear. We put on the shoes, the belt, and the breastplate, the helmet. When it comes to faith, faith is different. Paul writes and says, faith is not something we put on. Faith is something we pick up. Just by strapping faith on your uh, shield, the shield on your hand, does not do you any good. You have to pick up the shield and use it to divert the arrows that the enemy is trying to throw at you. And the, the, the shield that Paul was talking about in that verse, in the, Roman, in the Roman Empire, was also known as a scatter. And it was big as a door. That shield was big enough to cover the entire soldier. It wasn't all, only used as, a, as, a, as a, a, part, as a sense of defense. It was also used as an attack. They would use it to push their, 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 their opponents down. The soldiers also did something to that shield. They oiled it and they made it wet so that when the arrows came and made contact with the shield, they would run out of fire. Why did Paul relate the faith to the shield? I think Paul relates the shield to faith because just like the shield, faith can guard us. Faith will guide, will guide us in the middle of trials. When Satan, from the story we've just read of the three young men, tested the values and beliefs of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their response was unwavering. They made a resolution not to defy God. In other words, they lifted up their shield of faith and talked back to the king and told him, we will not do it. And they had a reason why, and that reason why, they had faith in God. Faith is also a shield, as a shield also will deflect the arrows that are aimed at you. See, the, the, the enemy is always trying to feed us 
or throwing arrows of worry, of lies, death. And when we have our shields, we can deflect all the arrows that are aimed at us. We know the story of Peter walking on, the water, on, on water with Jesus. Jesus calls him and he walks and he has faith. He has sight of where Jesus is. He loses sight. He starts to sink. His faith is going down. You would have thought that Jesus would have sympathized with, with Peter. He would have run and tried to pull him out. But the first words that come out of Jesus' mouth is, Hey, you of little faith. He actually rebukes him. And he tells him, if you had enough faith, you would have made it to where I was. Don't let your guard down. Your faith is your guard. Faith is also the first line of defense. While the rest of the armor helps protect us from the evil onslaughts, it is not what you ideally want to use. For instance, you wouldn't want to go to war and your first line of defense is your breastplate or your belt of truth. It is necessary, but you wouldn't want to go and start stopping bullets with your chest. You need something more than that. In a war, the first thing they set up is a barricade. Somewhere safe they can run back to when things get hot. And for us as believers, that, my friend, is our faith. Don't let your faith weaver stand firm. I want to tell you a story of one of, one of the famous basketballers. His name is Walter Ray Allen. Does anyone know him? Ray Allen? Do you know Michael Jordan? Yeah, so this guy played the same game as Michael Jordan. He played for the Boston Celtics and also played for the Miami Heat. And in both those teams, he won the, the championships for Boston Celtics and for Miami Heat. He holds a record of making the most three-pointers in the playoff season. He has, his record I think stands at 3,973 three-pointers. Three, three he played for 18 seasons in the NBA. When they won his first championship with the Boston Celtics, Ray Allen was interviewed and he said, man, when, we, when I hit the last shot, all I wanted to do is to go back home, get a shower, come back, have a beer with my friends, go to party. But then he said, right there, I realized we've not just won the championship that night. We won the championship months before when we picked up our uh, gym shoes, gym balls, and went to the gym and started practicing. That's when we won our championship. See, that's the same thing with us. Don't expect to try and fight the devil when you're in the middle of trial. You need to get ready. You need to start maintaining your faith. Your faith needs work. And don't get me wrong. We don't need work to have faith. But our faith needs work. Just like the Roman soldiers they maintained their shields. They oiled them to help them def uh, stop the arrows that had fire on them. And what are some of the things we can do to maintain our faith? We can saturate it with the word of God. 
Like I said, the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Invest in the word of God. Have some scriptures that you put aside and you know these are my weapons. When the devil comes in this direction, I will throw this one. When he comes in this direction, I will use that one. Remember Jesus with his temptation with the devil? He had the power to slap the devil or step on him. But he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil was defeated by the word of God. I had a friend, he actually now lives in Canada. He used to struggle with pornography. And me and my friends were a bit radical Christians. So we came up with a solution. We put together scriptures that talk about sexual purity. And we gave him a dosage every day. And we would give him, for example, Philippians 4.16 times 2. And that meant he had to read it times two throughout the day. We also gave him other scriptures. And as he started attacking and resisting the evil of pornography, he realized that the word of God took over the old habits that had, had taken over his life. So use the word of God to strengthen your faith. The other thing you can do to help you grow your faith is have friends that actually don't just sit down with you to enjoy Netflix. It's good to discuss Brooklyn Nine-Nine with your friends. I love the show. How good is Terry? <laughs> he's a brother. <laughs> a brother means he's a black person. <laughs> but see, we need friends that are also going to ask us the important questions. Friends that will come and say, how is your faith? How are you doing in this area of your life? Get friends that will help you. Because the Roman soldiers also did something else with their shield when they went for battle. They would join them. They, 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 uh, the reading I was, I was taking to prepare for this sermon said that their shields would click in together and they would form a circle with their shields have you seen the riot police how they defend off the rioters they click in with their shields and they start taking steps one by one as and before you know it they push the rioters off to other grounds where they it's safe usually uh, riot police doesn't use bullets unless if it's called for they use their shields to push off the riots it's the same principle. When you have good friends, they can protect you in your times of trials. Maybe your, your faith might be weakening, your shield of faith, and your friends would get in and help you. It's almost like um, the Australian, uh, what's the word, mate, origin. Your friends have to cover your back. The other way we can grow our faith is by staying connected to a church. I know some people go to churches and they are hurt or you go to a bad church that shouldn't stop you go to a good one come to rivers church of christ it's a good church my wife and i really love this church because we 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 are raising a young family and we feel well supported so find a good church get connected don't let anyone lie to you that you can sit back home and watch your sermons on tv i love watching sermons on my laptop but i 
prefer coming to a church and stay connected and have my son be, and my, my daughter being raised in a community of believers. It is very important. So, as I conclude, is there any place in your life that you have not been resisting the devil? You can resolve this week to wage war with the help of God. You can say enough is enough. Get your armor of God on and go for war. I had a friend, another friend, that also had an issue with pornography. And this time, we were in a, an overnight prayer. And back in Uganda, I think Joe knows, we would pray from... I don't recommend this because it's not healthy. But we would pray from 9 p.m. all the way to 6 a.m. This friend of ours, it was raining that night. He said, I think I've, I've battled with this. I've tried everything. I think I'm failing. So he decided to wage war. And the way he waged war is by going in the rain and said, I'm not getting back inside until God breaks this habit. And I'm telling you, in the morning, he was sick, but he was also free. Maybe that's a radical step. It's too hard for you. But you need to wage war. Don't let this year go by with the same old bad habits. Have, have it fixed in your soul that in the middle of your trials, in the teeth of every trial that you face, that your faith is going to be fixed on the one that loves us more than anyone, God. Because that, my friend, is how we resist a supernatural roaring lion. And so right now, we are going to be having our communion. Communion is a time when we reflect on what God did for us at the cross. On the night that he was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread and also a glass of wine and commanded his disciples to eat, to drink. And he told them in doing this, they'll be remembering the sacrifice, the pain, but also the love that he has for us. And it's in the same principle that we come to receive from the Lord's table. So in your own time, please come, pick up some biscuit, I think. You can dip it for the sake of hygiene, just dip it, don't drink from the glass, and uh, let us pray. So Father, I thank you that we've had an opportunity to understand the way, some of the ways that the enemy tries to attack our faith. And also, we know that your word has promised us that if we get our eyes fixed on you, who gives us that faith, you will help us to stand firm and resist win and be victorious so as the week starts i pray that you remind us if we have anything that we need to start resisting in our lives that give us the strength to enter the new week with boldness to speak into that habit and try and stop it and also i pray that uh, for someone who is looking for a church in this place that you point them to the right direction that they'll be grounded and rooted and um in Jesus' name I pray.